Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Smith from Unlocking the Cage, and on today's podcast, you'll get a preview of the Bellator and UFC cards for this weekend. We'll also discuss Nate Diaz calling out Dustin Poirier. Is a fight with Nate a smarter move for Poirier than taking a title fight? Also, the return of Misha Tate. How will she do this weekend? Okay. All right. How do I how do I say this? How do I say this? This card would be a throwaway card under most circumstances, right? Now that there aren't, you know, there's some possibilities from good fights, you never know how a card's going to be until it's over with. You might see fight of the year this weekend. You might see the most amazing fight of your life between Rodolfo Vieira and Dustin Stoltzfus. You might see it. Might be amazing. But for name value, after... A Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier trilogy that had, let's all say it together, kids, 1.8 million pay-per-view buys. This weekend was going to be a letdown virtually no matter what, right? Before I go any further, is that fair to say, KOB? Pretty much any, and it was a good card, right? I mean, it was exciting. It was had controversy, it had drama, it had all kinds of stuff. Anything this weekend would have been something of a letdown, fair or not, my conscience killed me. It's 100% fair. I mean, <laughs> right. coming like, off know. crazy knockouts, weird stoppages that were probably correct stoppages. Uh, what else can we put in there? Flash knockouts. Last week had a little bit of everything. This week Ridiculous was trash be, talk yeah. that was yeah, way this, over the et cetera, et cetera. This, right? this, uh, this weekend was definitely going to be a drop for sure it, from that. Nothing we could do about it, right? You and I, collectively, nothing we could do about it. But this one is exceptionally low on star power. The only, you know, the only thing I would say about it that, you know, that 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 really makes any sense is we could get some great fights, but there's not a lot to look forward to. The only star on this card, and this is not because she's my colleague here at SiriusXM, Misha Tate, does she qualify to you guys? I think she's a star, like star power. You know what I mean? Crossover. People know who she is. It's gonna sound biased because of the because it's right. All, it is, but it's true. She's one like, of our. She is one of our colleagues, but she's absolutely like the big fight. It feels like the. She feels like her fight versus Renault is the real main event. Main event. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you know she's got the look. She has the 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 attitude. She has. Uh, she's articulate, right? She's a good speaker. She is looking, and I'm not. You know, she's my my colleague and everything. And I don't mean this in a negative. Does she not look amazing on the scale? Well, she I was looks like, like she's in the best shape she's she ever looks been great, in. Right? Yeah. I was like, holy God, she looks good. And I don't mean, wow, she's super hot. What I mean is like she just looked in amazing shape. Yeah, guns. You see her on the scale when she was. I was like, God, she looks great. Right? I don't yeah. remember the last time she looked that good. It, it's almost like don't call it a comeback. But it's yeah. a comeback, but it's not a comeback because she looks like she hasn't – nothing's changed. You know what hasn't I mean? She hasn't taken looks, a she moment off, right? Exactly. She looks better. Yeah. It's amazing. So I would say the only star here is, is Misha Tate. Jeremy Stevens, of course, in many ways, you know, your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. A guy who always delivers every single time, but not necessarily a mainstream name. Islam Makachev, could he get there? Yes. This is one of those coming up litmus tests about whether or not you're good enough to be. Of course, we're all thinking about Khabib, right? He's a Khabib protege um, from you know Dagestan, the whole deal, similar style, similar look. Could he be the next Khabib, right? But 
The problem I have, and I'm going to drive by this card in a second, is I believe Drew Dober was tougher than Tiago Moises. Drew Dober, to me, was kind of like, okay, let's see if you're legit, son. Because Drew Dober, very, very big for the weight class. The dude is strong. He had been in there with veterans before. And he wiped Drew Dober off the map. Okay? So that's kind of the way I look at it is I consider Drew Dober a slightly tougher test than Tiago Moises. Not a level above, but a slightly tougher test than Tiago Moises. So I even see Tiago Moises, if you're looking at this is the coming out party for Islam Makachev, I thought this is a minor step down from Drew Dober. I think we're looking at maybe a 10 to 15 ranked guy at this point. And yet we're getting Tiago Moises. And I think that kind of step down is on a lot of people's minds. I know it's on my mind when evaluating this card. I don't expect a competitive main event. I don't. Of course, I'll give my picks later. But I don't expect a competitive main event. And I think that's a big part of it. So let's start with that. Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises. 19-1. and The guy has looked phenomenal since his one setback loss by knockout. All right. Beat, it, beat Davi Hamos, amazing jiu-jitsu on that guy. Armand Saryukin, who's an excellent fighter himself. Glayson Tebow, extremely experienced. Nick Lance, extremely experienced. Drew Dober, very experienced and very talented and very big for the weight class. And he mauled him, pretty much. Um, that's what you're getting with Islam Makachev. A lot of people are saying he's the best right now. We just don't know it. Certainly a possibility. Chago Moises has a respectable record. 15-4, and four, has won his last three. Bobby Green, Michael Johnson, Alexander Hernandez, all talented guys. The problem is 15 wins, 9 finishes, 6 of them by submission. His strength is the strength of Islam Makachev. I truly believe no one outside of... Gilbert Burns, maybe Charles Oliveira, I thought could have maybe caught even a prime Khabib if Khabib made a mistake, right? It's one of those things where the guy is just virtually impossible to submit. Now, uh, Charles Oliveira and Gilbert Burns have world-class jiu-jitsu. They could maybe catch you from your back, right? They ain't taking Khabib down, but, you know, incredible guards from both guys. Maybe they catch him. But... A similar thing for Islam Makhachev. The guy is just hard to submit. And I don't believe Thiago Moises, even though that's his strength, really has much of a shot of submitting Islam Makhachev. And he doesn't have knockout power. He just doesn't have, he doesn't have the one-shot power where you can put somebody down. and you know He doesn't have that. And that's what you need to keep a guy like Islam Makhachev at bay. And I don't know if he has that. So that's kind of the narrative for me. He's not a dangerous puncher. Okay? So let's go to the co-main event. Marion Renault versus Misha Tate. What are we talking about? We're talking about the return of Misha Tate, right? She's a star. She's coming back. She had a baby. She feels refocused. And, of course, I'll make my picks later. Marion Renault has lost her last four fights. I don't mean to put pressure on my colleague uh, Misha Tate. This is set up for her to win. If she can't beat Marion Renault, I don't think she'll be back in the UFC. I really don't. Right, lost four in a row, all by decision, right? Some tough names on that list. Yana Kunitskaya, for example. Macy Chasen's tough. Raquel Pennington's tough. Katzingano's tough. But you got to win one of those. She's lost four in a row by decision. Okay, all of them unanimous. So, Misha, this is your chance to shine. Because if you do, you're probably getting a title shot next because who else is taking on Amanda Nunes? Anybody? 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Dead air. There isn't anybody. So if she wins, Misha Tate's probably next in line, which, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. But Marion Renault is the here you go, here's the slow pitch, knock it out of the park. We'll see what you can do with that. Jeremy Stevens, of course, uh, taking on Matias Gamrat. Uh, Gamrat 18-1, and one, but 1-1 well, one one in his last two. He hasn't exactly torn up the UFC's 1-1. One one. Jeremy Stevens, a, an unbelievable 28-18. and 18. The guy's been in forever, but hasn't had a win since Josh Emmett 2018. Over three years ago, the guy ain't doing great. Last time, got beat up pretty bad by Calvin Cater. Of course, his last fight he was supposed to have. He ended up shoving the guy at the weigh-in. The guy sprained his neck, and we had no fight. So, yeah, not great things from Jeremy Stevens. Rodolfo Vieira, Dustin Solsfus, all right, 13-2 and two versus 7-1. and one. Rodolfo Vieira, by the way, has an amazing ground game. That's really his thing. Um, Solsfus has to keep this on the feet, or he is doomed. Uh, came out the wrong side of a decision against Kyle Dawkins. That was his UFC debut. Uh, he's going to have trouble if you can't keep this one on the feet. So... That's pretty much what we're looking at. Is anybody kind of like I like Montserrat Ruiz, by the way, uh, versus Amanda Limos. Both of them, one ten and one, the other one nine one and one. Great records there. Anybody else on the way up? I'm seeing here. Not really. That's about it. Those are the biggies. All right. Uh, I'm not joking. So in the middle of the like last night, um, my boy Sean Grandy FaceTimed me kind of out of the blue. And surrounded by Bellator people, and it's like, hey, man, everyone say hi. And I said hi to a bunch of people, and Alimale McFarlane was there. And it was awesome seeing them and hearing from them. But this card, I mean, is under the radar the right way to put it, KOB? Like, did you know there was a Bellator tonight? (laughs) I I literally under the Yeah, under the radar might be an understatement. Like, I, I completely forgot there was even a Bellator card this week. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying, like, you know, it's it's for the title. Juliana Vasquez is undefeated, taking on Denise Keelholtz. Great kickboxers. You know, I'm trouble with the MMA side of it. But um, that's one of the things about them going to Showtime, right? They're on a, a premium service. So if you're not watching that premium service, if, if you're not watching, for example, CBS or something like that, um, one of the platforms that advertises heavily for Showtime you're not going to know they're there. They're not on regular TV, right? They, there's, there's not a lot of advertisement outside of the echo chamber that is premium television. Advertising for Showtime shows on Showtime is a little weird because you already have Showtime, okay? But uh, the main event, as I said, Juliana Velasquez, her last fight, I believe it was her last one when she beat Aliman and McFarlane for the title. Yeah, that was her last one. She's a beast, man. She's a beast. Team Noguera, 11-0. and 0. Um, she's a killer. Denise Kilholtz, known for more her kickboxing skills, but has developed into a really nice mixed martial artist. She has. Her last four wins, two by knockout, two by submission. She is developing the submission game, but on her feet, that's where she's really at her best, right? She can knock your head off at 125 pounds. She can really do it. So it's the champ versus Denise Kilholtz. I do expect... A good fight in that one. Tyrell Fortune versus Matt Mitrione, right? Um, Tyrell Fortune came up short against Timothy Johnson, right? Then had a, a draw against Jack May. Came back with a couple losses, including avenging, avenging uh, the fight with uh, Jack May that ended up being a draw. So the guy's 10-1 against Matt Meathead Mitrione. We haven't seen him in coming up on a year, I think. 
Is that on the Timothy Johnson fight? Yeah, it was almost a year ago. Um, before that, got knocked out by Sergey Karatanov. Before that, a no contest for Sergey Karatanov. Before that, a wipeout loss, if you didn't see it, to Ryan Bader. So he was on a decent streak in Beltor. Kalsay Manatafa, Oli Thompson, Fedor Emelianenko, Roy Nelson, and then dropped four. Boom, 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 boom. There's one no contest in there. So, you know, I guess three and one, three, oh, and one. Uh, but yeah, not exactly streaking. Tyrell Fortune was part of that Fab Five that Beltor was trying to get behind. Right, a decorated wrestler making his transition to MMA. They really thought they had gold with him, and they, they kind of did uh, until he got knocked out by Timothy Johnson. A little bit of a set, uh, setback, but a very, very talented guy. And Matt Mitrione will see what he has left in the tank. That's going to be really the interesting part of this one, is the main and the co-main, for sure. Am I going to watch them all? Yeah, that's my job. But those are the cards happening, both Let's say under the radar, but there is potential there. And I do hold out hope, especially love to see what Islam Makhachev is doing. The pressure is growing on his shoulders. Are you good or are you great? Against Tiago Moises, the problem he's going to have is he's under a lot of pressure to look great. And if he doesn't look great, people are going to wonder if he's a bit overhyped. We call that a trap fight. We'll see if that ends up being the case. Sirius XM presents an exclusive podcast. Comic-Con begins. Comics, science fiction, monster movies, Star Trek, fantasy, Star Wars. Learn how a group of high school comic book fans, children were going to the back of a dirty bookstore, started what became the biggest annual pop culture event in the world. Geeks are running Hollywood now. Comic-Con changed my life. Comic-Con begins, a six-part series. All episodes available now on the SXM app. Download today, free for most subscribers. Dustin Poirier answers challenge from Nate Diaz. I touch you up at any weight. This is from MMAfighting.com. Uh, real men fight their wars on Twitter these days, and that's what's going on, right? Right? Nate Diaz, 185. Pull up, he says, with a picture of him and Dustin Poirier. So, um, let me think about this. Right, so let's fight at middleweight. Remember, both Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier are natural 155ers. That is two weight classes below. If, you don't, if you're guns and you don't know, that's two weight classes below 185. Them meeting at 170, uh, you know, I'd be like, okay, there's novelty to that. I really don't like people fighting outside of their weight class for no reason. She's not, it's not my thing. I, I'm not intrigued by, you know, hey, let's meet up at 185. Why don't we meet at 55, the natural weight for both of us, and just do that? How about we just do that? That makes a lot more sense. But no, 185? That doesn't make any sense. To which Dustin Poirier replied, I'll touch you up at any weight. Whoa, 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 whoa. Here's what I think about this. And you're listening, so you must care a lot about what I think for some reason. Here's the deal. Why, with everything he has going on, all the momentum, right, all the attention, all the press, all the custom-made necklaces sent to him by Jake Paul, right? All of that. By the way, yeah, you see the picture of that thing, Kelby? Oh, yeah. He's got the, the limp sleeping Connor, sleepy Connor. He has that made into a chain. That's baller money when you're like, hey, I want a chain made out of somebody else's misfortune. It's pretty sweet. Anyway, here's my point. 
with all he has going on, isn't Nate Diaz just in his rearview mirror at best, right? Here's what here's the order of operations that everyone, myself included, thought was going to happen. I thought, and most people thought, okay, he beat Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor wants a fourth one. Conor McGregor is in a wheelchair. Guns, I know that brings tears. It's all right. Just a break. He'll get over it eventually. You nut hugger. Anyway, here's my point. So uh, he's in a wheelchair. It's going to be a while till he comes back. Got to fight his way back as he's like, I got to train back. Got to do all this stuff. Great. Okay. Has to fight his way back. Has to do some things to get back into fight shape. I would be surprised if we saw him before the end of the year. If we did November, December at the earliest. It's just going to take a while to come back from this thing. So here's the deal. It's going to take a while for Conor to come back. Yes, that fight generates crazy money. It got 1.8 million buys to begin with. Number four does probably comparably as well. Uh, so Poirier makes a lot of money. But in the meantime, fight for the title, right? Charles Oliveira, one of the most exciting fighters right now in all of MMA, and I believe that 100%, the king of the most talented division in MMA. Uh, how about you take him on for some gold? You got the money, now get the gold. Makes sense. Got money, get gold. Yeah, take care of one, then you can take care of the other. Then after that, you are in the position to dictate terms to Conor McGregor or anybody else. I got the belt. I beat you two out of three times. I do not need you. Hey, Dana, I don't need Conor McGregor. Pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me for us to fight again. Okay? All right, first off, KOB, does that all make sense? Is is that the path you would have him take were you his management? You got the money, now get the gold. I don't know. I don't know. I... (laughs) It's weird. You would think that would be the path. But right. Makes the most I'll, sense. I'll play devil's advocate on this. Please. Why not fight another needle mover in Nate Diaz, smash him, and then go claim your goal? Everybody already feels like he's the uncrowned champ of that division, despite Oliveira being the belt holder. Uh, I might say, you know what? Take this Nate Diaz fight, beat him up, get another payday, and then go claim. Because after that, the needle movers are gone. So then go claim the belt. If you get the belt, the Nate Diaz fight just makes no sense whatsoever. No, it'll never when, happen. When, when, you're, when you're champion. Without the belt, though, you have some options. So I would say take Nate Diaz. I, I, I would think Dustin Poirier would crush him in a fight. So take that fight, win that fight, and then go get the belt. Because in the meantime, you know, the UFC could do something. Maybe, like, maybe the UFC can do like a Gaethje Oliveira, in which case, if I'm Poirier and I take on Nate Diaz... And let's say they make that fight, Gaethje versus Oliveira. Whoever wins that fight, it's still an amazing fight for Dustin to try to go claim the belt. You have Oliveira, who everyone's really excited about. It's a really fun style matchup between both of them. Or a rematch of an action fight between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. So to me, I feel like any choice you make there is a win-win thing for Poirier. The fly in the ointment. The monkey in the wrench. The pain in the ass. And if you don't know what movie that comes from, we're not friends and I don't like you. Okay. Here's the point. Oh, Guns Guns doesn't know. You don't. You have no idea. Indiana Jones or something? Yeah, yeah like, thank you. Thank you. Like a Harrison Ford line from Indiana Jones. All right, the here's fly. a hint. Here's the a hint. Fly. Here's a hint. It's a Christmas movie. 
it's a, a Christmas, Christmas movie. story. That's it's not entirely Christmas accurate. Movie. That's not it's a entirely Christmas accurate. movie. Oh, well, if, they, if this is the debate, then it's got to be Die Hard One, right? Die Hard, bro. <laughs> you know the McDeal, bro. All right. Flying oh, the ointment. No, I thought, Mon- I thought you I said thought, that you all right, Spider. Mo- the flying the ointment. Monkey in the wrench. Pain in the ass, right? He could lose. <laughs> he could lose, right? I mean, yeah, I think he beats Nate. I, I mean, I put my money on Dustin Poirier, but, you know, Nate's a tough son of a bitch. And he could lose. Could happen. So I, I get what you're saying, but, like, you know, you're kind of going to all the side quests before you pass the video game, right? Like, you could mess up, and it could derail everything. And you lost to Nate Diaz, which sets you way back from a title shot, right? And then then you're stuck on the side quest. Maybe you guys have a trilogy. I got to beat that one. But, like, he can lose to Nate Diaz. It is possible, right? I thought he was, you know, Leon Edwards was teeing off on his ass, and then, man, clips him at the end, and it was almost over. So I, I agree with everything you're saying, Kobe. I just get, if I just manage it, I'm like, dude, F Nate, right? Just, just like, okay, I'm not. Yeah, he's a needle mover. Yeah, it'll be a lot of money. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fan interest. But, you know, we got bigger fish to fry that, I don't know, that, that in the long-term health of his career, I that I think mean more. I do. I just do think they mean a little bit more. You know, he could lose. Kelby, he could. He could. Yeah, I would say he probably wins too, but yeah, he could but it's lose. Like in that same vein, I mean, he could lose to Charles Oliveira. He could, but like, losing for a title is just a lot more cachet. Like, okay, you fell short to Charles Oliveira. He's still up amongst the elite. You lost to a guy who's not ranked at some weird-ass weight class, like 185. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, just goofy. Uh, it's goofy. The, even the idea that Nate wants to put it at 185, again, I feel like you're giving Dustin Poirier even more advantage because I think Dustin's – I don't know what Dustin walks around at, but he's big. Yeah, so he's a naturally feel, big dude, yeah. So I feel like you're just giving him more advantage. I think every advantage is in Dustin Poirier's – let's say they did it at 185. He's got every advantage you could ask for, I think, going into this fight. And I don't know. I just see – yes, you could lose. I don't see him losing to Nate Diaz. I just don't. Uh, neither do I, but, it, but you know, it, there's still that bump in the road, and you don't have the belt. You know, you don't have the ultimate but, leverage. We've already seen him dice roll already with, with Conor McGregor. I'm better than this guy. I would dice time. roll for that kind of money, too. He's not going to make Conor you, money. He's going to make money. Might, He's not going to make Conor money. Well, listen, in the absence of Conor now, this is something we were talking about yesterday. Uh, like, who could be the pay-per-view draws? And I think I was the one who mentioned Poirier as possibly one of those guys. Could now, be. It seems like he has full respect to the MMA community. Put him up against another needle mover. I, 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 are they going to do 1.8? I don't know. But are they going to do a pretty decent number? I think so. Yeah, they would. I mean, people would pay for the fight. It's just at a certain point, I think it's it's the money chase was and is Conor McGregor. That's the money chase. That's the big money. Hey, look, I'll do I'll take whatever pit stop I have to take in order to make Conor McGregor money. The difficulty becomes once you're pa- all right, you know, Nate will make you money, won't make you Conor money. And a loss to Nate derails everything else, right? And I, I just, eh, I'm not saying it's impossible. See, I don't know if I'd make that. If I'd make that, this is where you got to be a little bit like Guns and put up six hundred dollars for for one event and just dice roll and and gamble. How's your uh, week Smith? been, Guns? How's your week <laughs> been? By the way, I'm just curious. I hate you. <laughs> How's your week been? 
<laughs> I'm not Good. happy with Wonder Boy. I'm not happy with Connor. Okay. I'm not happy with my bank account. Okay. All right. No, but I, uh, based on what you're saying, though, I mean, it is kind of a good problem for him to have. But yes, but you got to make the right choices. Right. Right. But, you but have the ability the ch- to make choices. But who? What happens if he goes for the title and then ends, uh, ends up losing that? Like he kind of loses the momentum. Doesn't he have a better chance of beating Diaz right now and then going? Like but here, roll here's while the problem. Roll right now. A, a, a loss to, a loss to, for example, Diaz a, causes to, mayhem. Dude, like mayhem <laughs> in the division if he loses to Diaz. If you lose Chaos. to Charles Oliveira, you're still. And depending on how he lose, I'm sure he wouldn't get blown out. Right, he might lose, but you're still up amongst the elite. You're right there. You lost the title shot. That's a, look what happened to Connor. I know it's Connor, but he lost to Khabib, the greatest lightweight of all time. And guys like you were going, oh yeah, he lost. But same thing as Charles Oliveira, right? The dude is a phenomenal champion. And if you lose to him, you're still up at that level. You lose to Nate, you are not. I'll actually you're go not. devil's advocate a little bit further. Let's say you take that Nate fight, and the UFC does make another title fight with with a Gaethje and an Oliveira. Oliveira wins. It adds some more legitimacy to everybody questioning, like, oh, he's not. He didn't beat Habib, and he fought Michael Chandler, who probably shouldn't have fought for the belt just yet. You beat a Justin Gaethje. Now, let's say Poirier beats Nate, as we both think he would. I feel like you have an even bigger fight. I'm not usually a huge fan of the let it marinate type of idea, but I feel like coming off a vacant title with Habib retiring, it might not be bad to have Charles Oliveira defend it once before he takes on Poirier. I would. I I think you have a bigger fight. Yeah, it'll certainly get bigger. I, I just don't know if I make a pit stop in Diaz land. On my way to the title or a title shot, I don't know if I make a pit stop in Diaz land. He's, he, yes, it'll make you money. He's still a dangerous guy. We saw that last time. By the you way, do. Like, you, you do. You your, whole, your whole thing about the trap fight, too. Like I feel like he already did that with the bigger threat with Conor McGregor. But that was a no-brainer, huge money fight. Win or lose, it makes you three times as much money. Yeah. The rematch for sure. For sure. For sure. He knows why he did it for the money. Which is great. I'm not knocking the guy. But Connor Money, you're not gonna make Connor Money fighting Nate Diaz. You're not. You can make you're good not, money, you're not gonna make You're Connor still gonna money. make I think you're probably still gonna make a better paycheck than you will fight for the belt. Probably. Probably. But I think in the long run, the leverage he's gonna have and the position he's gonna be in he's gonna be in a great position should he win that belt and Connor wants to fight. I'm the champ. Come get me. I think that would be my attitude for sure. This is Lindsay Rhodes, and I'm so excited for my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, to be joining the SiriusXM sports family. We'll be talking about the most compelling topics and to some of the most interesting people in and around the NFL. Taking a look at things through my somewhat nerdy football lens. I like to push past the low-hanging fruit to get to the real stories that are going to make you feel like a smarter football fan. So please join me every Wednesday for the NFL Roadshow, available on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Tiago Moises taking on Islam Makachev. Is Islam Makachev the next big thing in MMA? That's the setup for this weekend. 100,000%. 100,000%. That's what this card is predicated on. That's what the UFC is betting on. That's what the fans who are tuning in want to see. Can this guy be as good as we have been led to believe? That's the question. But when I look at it itself, when I actually like look at the nuts and bolts of the card, who's the biggest name, right? Who's the biggest star on this card? It is. Without a doubt, 
without even, I think, much discussion. I don't think it's even debatable. The biggest uh, star on this card is Misha Tate. Misha Tate taking on, in the co-main event, Marion Renault, Marion Renault, taking her on, okay? Biggest one, that, that, by far, by far the biggest star on this card is Misha Tate. I don't know how you can see it any differently. If you are, uh, you're wrong. Misha Tate is the biggest single name on this card. What do you think of that? Right? What do you think of that? That's the question. Uh, Misha Tate, of course, having taken, uh, what is it, three years off? Oh, my God, I forgot, six years. Last time she fought, Conor McGregor was actual champion, right? 2016, the last time. Took some time off, right? Uh, Had a child. Says she is refocused and ready to go. Looked phenomenal on the scale. Looked absolutely fantastic on the scale. And her opponent, Marion Renault, has lost her last four in a row. Her last four. Macy Chasen, Raquel Pennington, Yana Kunitskaya, Katsinganu, all by unanimous decision. They haven't been close. She's been winning. Okay? I'm sorry. She's been losing, and she needs to win rounds, and she hasn't been doing that. All right? So, this is, I don't want to say a setup, but there's no doubt about who the UFC wants to win. You know who the UFC wants to win? They want, for sure, without a hint of a doubt, they want Misha Tate to win this fight. Because they have no one with any name value to throw against Amanda Nunes. Nobody. So, um, what do I expect from her in her return? I expect a very grappling-heavy attack. She's had decent striking. Her ace in the hole has always been her grappling. It's always been her submission game. And you spent a long time away from things. You want to get back to the bread and butter. You want to get back to the basics. You want to get back to the things you don't have to remember. You know what I mean? You want to go back to, okay, I know how to do I could do this in my sleep. That Don't get creative now. Don't start, try and do crazy things. She's not going to. Simple striking to get this one down, and then it's going to be all jujitsu all the time. That's what I believe is going to have it nuts and bolts-wise against Marion Renault. That's what I really believe. Now, KOB, you've been on record saying that that's the one fight you think, the one fighter who you think can beat Amanda Nunes is Valentina Shevchenko. A lot of people thought she won the last one. It doesn't sell like Misha Tate, does it? Even you, who really does believe that's a great fight to make, you don't believe that that you don't believe that even though it may be a more dangerous fight, that it sells more than Misha Tate. Valentina Shevchenko again. I th- I think it would depend on how Misha does in this fight. Let's say she looks I, good, because. Uh, to me, it's like we have these two women who are just destroying everybody in their division. They fought close the first time. They they fought clo- even closer the second time. I don't know that like a super fight between the two of them doesn't outsell a Misha fight. I think Misha's uh, a you know everyone just knows and loves Misha. So I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you what I think would sell more. I if if 
obviously we, we, we talked about how awesome Misha has looked on the scale. She's fan, like the best shape of her career. So if she goes out there and really just dusts Renault, maybe it's, it outsells. But I can't really say until I see the Renault fight. I think if she looks good, it outsells it. Well, yeah, they're destroying every. Remember, we've already seen it twice. Now, yes, we saw Amanda Nunes one time. That was very, very honest a long time ago. Misha could say, I'm a dif- different Misha Tate, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Um, that would be interesting. But but the, Misha Tate, I know she's our colleague here at SiriusXM, but I'm not talking out of my ass here. She's a star. And that's what 135 right now does not have. Amanda Nunez, Nunez is the greatest female mixed martial artist of all time. I really do honestly believe that. I think Cyborg is a close second. I think Ron Rouse is probably third. That's how I feel about it. But here's the deal. is There's no, as Joe put it, money fight for Amanda Nunez. She's a great champion without a real challenger. Now, could Shevchenko be that challenger? Yeah, but they fought twice already. A lot of the questions have already been answered. They've already been answered. Period. And so to me, that's kind of the deal. Is you're looking at a situation that a, a resurgent Misha Tate, who has even a good showing against Mary Renault, goes right in there and is, you know, top shelf. Really honest with that. And if you think, I mean, when you look at it, who else is there? Who, who else is there? Who else sells any tickets? Who else sells any pay-per-views? I don't think anybody. I really don't. Other than, once again, Shevchenko. But clearly, they're, they're, they're dividing them and putting them on different tracks and in different directions. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is taking on uh, Lauren Murphy, right? UFC 266. So she has her next title fight ready to go. Uh, it looks like they are dividing them. Dana White has said publicly, although he's lied about other stuff, you know, he said, I have no interest in that third fight. I think we're good. We know. It looks right now, like right now like they're trying to put them on different tracks. And to me, that makes promotional sense. Let me explain why. You have two fighters whose only real claim to fame right now is they're slaughtering their division. Putting, putting them against each other when I don't think that's a huge money fight. Yeah, I believe people would... Tune in. I think it would be interesting. I think people might have. It, it's not worth destroying one of their reputations as the killer who can, you know, I think it makes more sense to kind of feed them each their own food than have them fight each other. I think long term, it makes more sense to keep selling them as they are wrecking everybody in their division. They're the most dangerous women in their divisions. In order to do that, you got to keep them separate. If they fought each other again, you're, you're, you're lowering the value of one of them. And it makes more sense to kind of just keep them in their own separate weight classes. What it looks like right now the UFC is doing. Once they've done that, and once Dana White has said, once Dana White has said, you know, we're not going this way, we're not having them fight each other, Misha Tate's the only one that makes sense. That's why she's getting the fight she's getting now, KOB. Murray and Renault has lost her last four. They know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. Hopefully, Misha wins. Hopefully, we can then market her as a as a challenge for Amanda Nunes. That's what they're doing here. If they wanted to, like you know, really test her, they gave her they give her a much more difficult opponent. Period. End of set. They give her a much more difficult opponent. They they're setting her up to take on Amanda Nunes at some point, probably soon. Yes or no? 
Oh, 100% agree. I'm not saying that they're not going to do it. Yeah, I'm right with you and everybody else. We know that they're setting this up. It makes the most sense if they want to keep them separated. Uh, Nunez and and Shevchenko, that is. If they want to keep them separate, uh, there's no one for her to fight, basically. Irina Aldana has looked good in her last fight, but like she she doesn't have the name value yet to to give it to Amanda Nunez. So, yeah, Misha Tate wins and looks impressive. She's absolutely fighting Amanda Nunez next. I don't think there's any question. Right, and and... It does matter how she looks against Murray and Renault. There is some of that, but a lot of the way I see it, right? A lot of the way I see it is um, it looks decent, right? It lost, I mean, loss isn't a decision that, you know, everybody's booing. Loss isn't a fight everyone's booing. If she wins and looks halfway decent, she's the number one contender. So, uh, so what would it take for you? Like, how bad would it have to be? For Misha Tate, once again, a star, to not get her opportunity against Amanda Nunes. What, what, like, a horrible decision, a snoozer of a fight? Like, it would have to be really bad. Snoozer fight or, like, a close decision that isn't that, I mean, I guess it would fall. It'd have to be a robbery. A robbery, I guess it kind of falls into snoozer fight, but, like, maybe just a you know, a close fight where there's not a whole lot of striking or something on those points. Like no one's really landing. Maybe it becomes more of a grappling match that gets boring. Um, yeah, it would have to be a, a, a horrible performance. I think it would take a lot. I mean, this is set up for her to be great. And if she can't do it, she can't do it. It's true. But Owen four in the last four, right? Come on. Give me a break here. It's, 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 it's a setup and, and that's all there is to it. I think the scale here is very uneven. I think um, Misha Tate with a win is a contender. I think Marion Renault is going to, it's going to take a lot more than this. A lot more than this. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rios. SiriusXM Podcasts.